There's a businessman, there's a widowed wife, a smiling face with a shattered life. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. We'd like to welcome you to church today as we come together as God's children, as brothers and sisters in Christ to sing his praises. Please stand and join us as we begin our worship by singing to him.
from the highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. Every creature you Worthy is the 
Father, we are in awe of you. The creator, the sovereign, and the one who gives us life. Today we've come to worship you and our prayer is that you would take our worship and be glorified in it and draw us closer to you. We pray this through Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite you to share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. Well, it's great to see you as uh, we gather for worship today. Uh, There's some things I want to just bring to your attention. There's a blue insert in your bulletin. Uh, Andy Bannister, who works with Ravi Zacharias' ministry in Canada, is going to be here in a couple of weeks on a Saturday morning to do a seminar. Uh, We'd love to have you be a part of that. It would help us in the planning to know um, how many people to uh, expect. And so if you are interested in coming, you can just... Fold this paper's folded, just tear off the part that has imp- part that you fill out, drop it in the offering plate today, hand it to one of the ushers, and uh, that will just help us in planning of that. On the back side of that insert, there's a schedule of our holiday services, and uh, you'll notice there are some uh, times when we don't have Sunday evening services. There are some special things going on on Sunday evening, uh, as well as once we get later into December, our Sunday morning schedule changes as well, so please take note of that. There are, um, because of the holiday this week, uh, Wednesday, there are no activities at the church. But tonight we have a special gathering. It's the conclusion to our prayer vigil. And uh, you, there's still some times this, after, this morning, this afternoon, you can sign up to uh, be a part of the prayer vigil. You can do it right in the four years you leave this morning. And we'd love to fill up the rest of the day. So if you want to do that, uh, please do so after the service or you can do it this afternoon as well. But we're going to end at 5 o'clock today and we'll have a service here in the sanctuary for about 30 minutes. We'll sing, we'll pray together. And then we're going to the community room for what we're calling a fruit potluck. Uh, We've been talking about fruit all of this uh, entire fall. And so it just seemed like an appropriate thing to do to get together for fellowship and to bring fruit dishes. So... Looking for like breads and salads, desserts, uh, would probably be the easiest things to do. And uh, just bring, if you don't have the, uh, an, a way to make anything, come anyway. There'll be plenty of food. And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of the gathering today at 5 o'clock here. And then we'll go to the community room afterwards. Uh, you'll notice also that uh, there are, next Sunday is the beginning of Advent. Seems hard to believe that we're at that point already in the year. But we have, uh, we've created uh, weekly Advent devotionals that are, can be used on each of the Sundays of Advent and on Christmas Eve. And feel free to pick up one of those as uh, you leave this morning and uh, use those as, as you want on your own with the family, roommates, in your dorm, whatever you'd like to do. There are always prayer concerns in the bulletin and, uh, and other things in our minds and hearts as we gather together to pray. We're going to give you, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Over the course of these last couple of months, uh, I've had a number of people say to me that God has been speaking in their lives about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, something that they were encouraged about, something that they might have been convicted about, uh, something that 
uh, just that they just sense God saying to them, and they, they, many people have written me, talked to me, and I was thinking a week or so ago, uh, it's not fair that I get to hear all those stories and no one else does. And so this morning, we're going to give you the opportunity to, to both hear and share some of those stories. And so a little bit later in the service, we're going to give you an, we're going to invite you, give you an opportunity to uh, share briefly about what God may have been maybe speaking to you about, things in your life. Uh, I know that's intimidating to do in front of a group of people, but it's really encouraging to hear uh, the, the way that God is at work. And sometimes, you know, we, we don't get a lot of opportunities, particularly on Sunday morning, to have a chance to share what God is doing. So this is one of those opportunities. So be thinking about that. And as a way to just sort of move us into that, uh, a few weeks ago, we did some interviews with some folks after church, and we have... Um, We've taken some of those interviews and put them into a brief video that uh, we want to show to you now. So as we've gone through the fruits of the Spirit and have identified them with actual fruits, probably the one that's been most interesting for me to think about and most encouraging for me to think about is, the, is joy. Um, Forgetting sometimes that that joy is something that does come from the Spirit and something that God wants us to walk in joy every day and the things that we do that we're supposed to enjoy life and be happy and have fun with the things that we do and that that's something that God desires for us and that's that's very freeing it's very encouraging and it gives gave me a, a vision for an aspect of God's character that I think I needed to be reminded of. Um, when I think about the fruit of the Spirit, I am reminded that it's not something that I can manufacture on my own, that I need to be connected to the Spirit, and I need to be abiding in Christ. And when I'm abiding, and when I'm connected to the Spirit, the fruit naturally comes out. And I feel like it just was a good reminder to stay connected and that when I am, um, I'll be reflecting Christ in, in my actions and, and what I'm doing and what I do. So the concept that stuck in my mind uh, when Pastor uh, West spoke uh, was uh, the definition of goodness. And uh, he gave me the example that it's not uh, what we didn't do, uh, like we're not murderers and we're not adulterers and we uh, don't lie, that makes us good. It is when we uh, follow God's calling, when uh, we sacrifice the things that we want to do for the things that others want to do. That's really what uh, defines goodness. One of the things that I really loved about the Fruits of the Spirit series this year is that um, I, I think there were so many visual things, and I'm a very visual learner, and so the fact that we got cards at the end of the services allowed me to reflect on um, things that God was speaking to me about while listening to Pastor Wes. Um, another thing that I really loved was all of the artwork, um, and it was just, I would take notes during the sermons and also be just drawing the fruits of the Spirit, and I feel like it just kind of helped me connect and then think about it throughout the week. And then um, just compiling my notes afterwards um, allowed me to really concentrate on like what God was speaking to me about and just how I need to sacrifice more um, of myself and, and just trust the Holy Spirit. This has been a great 
series um, on the fruits of the spirit, and it's it's been a constant reminder that uh, we need to treat people differently. We need to treat people with with different qualities. Um, it's been it's been good to be challenged every week to try to apply something different in my life. So that gives you just a. Um Maybe a little introduction as you think about what you might want to share. We're going to give the, ask the ushers to come and help us uh, give back to God of all the ways in which he has blessed us through our tithes and offerings. Like the 
we pray together, if you'd like to use the altar rail as a place where you offer your prayers, please come and join me. Holy Father, we thank you that we do not just call you the Almighty God, but you are. You've created all that is, you sustain it, you rule over it. You are the great God. And we've come today to declare this once again. We also declare that you are not only great in power, but also in love, in mercy, compassion. We pray that you would look on each of us with compassion. We fall short so often. Forgive us. We live with struggles and difficulties and pain. Help us. There's so many uncertainties of life. Lead us. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to each of us. And may we be aware of your faithfulness, your presence more and more every day. Father, we pray for your children in this fallen world. For those who suffer innocently because of cruelty. For people caught in the crossfires of war and conflict. For the hungry and the homeless. For the people who know nothing of you or of Christ. We pray that you will heal and restore. We pray that you will feed and clothe. And we pray that your church, us, we would be beacons of light and the presence and flavor of salt in a world of darkness and need. Fill us with compassion and use us to communicate your grace. Father, we thank you that in Christ you have revealed yourself in the most perfect way. We ask that you will help us to more and more seek Christ, to be filled with your spirit, to worship you, and to give our lives to you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for hearing all of our prayers. We pray them through the name and power and blessing and presence of Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. Hear the word of the Lord. But I tell you who hear me, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, 
Do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so we're going to give you a chance to, uh, to talk, give you a chance to share however briefly, longly, long you want to, to say what God's doing in your life. I know it's intimidating. Think of it this way. The more you talk, the less you have to listen to me talk. Okay, so that might be, if nothing else, that should be incentive for you. Yeah, go to a microphone so we can all hear you. Yes. Um, I've definitely been working on patience a lot, and that sermon really, really helped me to understand. Um, I'm doing practicum right now in a classroom in Cuba, so I've been learning patience with my students and just loving on them and showing them Christ's love, which is the strawberry. But actually, last week, I was just able to completely um, unravel an orange, which is probably the first time I've ever done that in my life. So that's really good that I learned that on patience. But um, for the nine um, cards that he gave us, I put them on my wall at home, or actually in my dorm room. And I put an index card on every side, because he tells us at the end of each sermon to write two things. That meant the most to us, so I put one index card on one side and one on the other to represent that, and I pray for that almost every night. I don't do it every night because I have homework, but I do it (laughs) hopefully every other night. So, yeah, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I went to the the prayer room the other night, and uh, I was really hit by... uh, I was praying, and I had the, the sheet in front of me. Uh, it was a, on the wall. It was listed kindness. And I was thinking about uh, kindness, and I was praying. And, and uh, it, when Pastor West was preaching about that, it really struck me because sometimes it's hard to be kind. And I, I, in my job, sometimes I'm on – I work with kids. I work with all these international kids that are in this church this morning. And I do this, do that, do this, do that. And it's instead of saying being kind. And one, one day, there's a young man in this audience. I won't give his name. But I went up to him and I said, that jacket looks awesome on you today. He looked at me and said, that's the first time you gave me a compliment in two years. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. Hmm. And I thought, where is my kindness? Hmm. You know, in, 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 in uh, Galatians, it says... Uh, but if you are led by the Spirit, you will not, you are not under the law. Now that these of the flesh are evident, 
And it goes through the whole list. The deeds of the flesh are evident. And later on in uh, verse number 20, uh, 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. It goes all the way through in kindness. We live by the Spirit. Let us also walk by the Spirit. And I, I'm realizing more and more, as I, I can't do this. It doesn't come naturally to me. I, I, I want to be kind. I want to be careful. I want to be gentle. But it doesn't normally come naturally to me. But only through the Spirit that dwells in us can I have that kindness. Thank you. I also have the privilege of working with a lot of the international students. And after service one day, one of my students came up to me. We had been... uh, listening to Pastor West talk about gentleness. And his remark was, I've never heard that before in my life. Where I come from, you do whatever you can do to get on the top. You climb that ladder, you step on other people, you just advance yourself. I've never, ever heard anyone say, you need to be kind, you need to be gentle. You need to show gentleness in your life. And that just really blew me away to think about how many people are hearing these messages maybe for the first time of how we should live. And it goes along really well with the scripture verse that Jessica read this morning too. And I'm just um, feeling so blessed to be able to hear these words and then to see them come through and actually um, be recognized maybe for the first time for some of our students. So thank you. Thanks. If you want to come down from the balcony, we'll wait for you. Uh, I have the fortune to spend pretty much my whole week with about 300 kids at different age levels as a PE teacher. And every time that Wes has, has spoke... Um, it just seems that that's what I write down on my card is something to do with, with the kids that I spend my time with. Um, and what, what I found out was that, you know, I go to do and try to show gentleness and kindness and, and, uh, and they were working on self-control. But what I noticed is that, <laughs> uh, actually the marshmallow should be up there because, uh, or a card of balls. But, uh, but what I realized is that they were teaching me to do those things, um, because they were the ones showing it all the times. I would watch the kids that were showing self-control um, or kindness and how that impacted. And so just their impact on, on me uh, hoped, helped me uh, you know, share the fruits of the Spirit. see in your eyes you're thinking about it anybody else okay thanks for sharing
We're going to stand and sing. Come praise and glorify our God, the Father of our Lord. In Christ he has in heavenly realms his blessings on us born. For pure and blameless in his sight, he destined us to be. And now we have adopted through his son the church on Wednesday nights and you go downstairs right below us, that's where the boys meet. I think it's kindergarten through sixth grade. And they're very energetic, as you might well imagine. And they love to sing. And it's fun to watch them sing, listen to them sing. They are exuberant when they sing. And I was down there a few weeks ago and one of the songs that they have been singing this fall is The Fruit of the Spirit's Not a Coconut. Now, I'm glad we didn't choose coconut as one of the fruits or we would have to change the song. But um, they, they love singing that song. 
they get so excited singing that song. And every, they sing a verse, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. And then somebody shouts out some other fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit's not this. And the fruit of the Spirit's not that. And, but they also are learning what the fruit of the Spirit is. And so we were down there a couple of weeks ago and uh, recorded them singing some of this song. And quite frankly, you probably won't be able to understand some of it because they are yelling as they're singing. But, but we also talked with a few of them afterwards, uh, after that, uh, just to get a sense of uh, just their involvement in thinking about fruit and the fruit of the Spirit. Because it spikes on it for protection. Be a peach, because peaches are sweet. Uh, cherry. I'd be the fruit, um, watermelon, because I'm really joyful. And I love or enjoy. Dragon fruit. <laughs> Apple. I like to get strong like my dad. Uh, grapes. It's over. The fruit of the spirit. Two things really jumped out at me about that. That one of the one of the children actually said, I want to, I like watermelon because I'm joyful. And we connected those two we connected watermelon to joy on the week we talked about that two months ago. And the other thing was the last little boy who said, What if you could be a fruit, what would you be? And he said, The fruit of the spirit. I thought, this is so amazing. And to see God working in these children. I was thinking this morning about, as we conclude this series, what, what do we say in, in wrapping, sort of putting a bow around this? And the one thing that is, became clear to me is that I don't want us to see this as an ending as much as sort of, of a, a catalyst to the next thing that God wants to do as this fruit develops in us. We haven't finished bearing the fruit of the Spirit. We aren't done with that. We will never be done with that. This is a lifelong journey of seeing the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives. It doesn't grow once and then we're done. It needs to keep growing over and over and over again. It is a lifestyle. It's what it means to be Christian. I mean, Paul's point is, if the, if the Spirit lives in you, then the, the fruit of the Spirit will come out of you. 
doing some of these things doesn't necessarily mean that the Spirit's in us because, quite frankly, most of this, this of the, the uh, characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit are generally viewed positively by our society. Most of our society would say it's a good thing to be kind, to, to express goodness, to be gentle, to be joyful, to love. I mean, you would find very few people who would on the whole, argue with most of these things. But as we've discovered over the last few weeks, when Paul says it's the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it must be something other than what other people typically think about. And that, that element of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is that it is always connected to relationships. And it's always connected to a spirit of self-giving. Sacrifice about our relationships. The fruit of the Spirit is is not describing our relationship to God. It is describing what a person looks like, what a person acts like, how we treat each other when or because of our relationship with God. Because God is in us, because the Spirit is living in us, we We bear fruit, love, joy, peace, patience. And it's an ongoing venture. And this sacrifice, this self-giving means what sets the fruit of the Spirit apart from just a general sense of I want to be nice and I want to be kind is that Jesus challenges us to live in a way that we, we treat people the same way whether they are good and kind to us or not. Jesus says to his disciples in the passage we read a few moments ago, it's great that you are good to people who are good to you. It's wonderful that you're kind to people who are kind to you, that you love people who love you. That's better than not doing that. But quite frankly, anybody can do that. Pagans do that. The sign of the Spirit's fruit in a person's life is that when people hurt us, we still treat them like Christ treats us. When people uh, hate us, we still love them. When people are unkind to us, we are still kind to them. When people uh, do evil toward us, we still respond in a spirit of goodness. And that We can't do that on our own. There is no way in the world we are going to be able to live that way on our own. That's why it's the fruit of the Spirit. It is the Spirit in our lives that gives us the strength, the power, the ability to live that way. What we're really talking about here are just the characteristics of God. All nine of these characteristics that make up the fruit of the Spirit are really describing the nature and the character of God. And throughout the pages of Scripture, he keeps telling us, I am a God who loves you. And he shows us that. I'm a God who is patient with you and kind to you. And and I'm generous in my goodness to you. And I am self-controlled toward you. Over and over again, God helps us understand that. And ultimately, that culminates when Christ goes to the cross. For people who have rejected him. And sinned against him and turned on him. And how does he respond? By giving his life. 
And the people who are walking in the light of Christ, people who are filled with the spirit of Christ, are moving in that same direction. It's the spirit in us. But ultimately, we will only, we will only have the spirit and we will, only, we will only bear the fruit of the spirit if we want to. If we don't want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, we won't. If we don't want to be kind and gentle and loving, we won't be. It is our our role, even though the Spirit does this and gives us everything we need to do it, ultimately we have to want the Spirit to work in us. And and that's our role. And as we've talked through the weeks, it's preparing the soil of our hearts for the seed of God's spirit to grow in us. The parable, of the, so- the parable of the sower that we've talked about in Mark 4. How the sower goes out and he scatters the seed all over the place. And some of it falls on, on the pathway. And before it even has a chance to do anything, the birds come and eat it off of that hard soil. And some falls in the rocks. And, and it, it grows a little bit of, of a root, but the rocks crush it. And some falls in the soil that has weeds. And it grows up a a bit, but then the weeds eventually overtake it and choke it out. But some falls on good soil. And out of that good soil, it produces an abundant harvest. And the fruit of the Spirit will grow in our lives when we want our hearts to be good soil. That's what God is asking of us. That's our part in bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And that's the challenge. Because we all run into circumstances where, quite frankly, we're on the fence whether we want to respond the way God wants us to or not. We all have circumstances where we're thinking, I don't really want to love this person. I don't really want to to be patient with this person. I don't really want to be kind to this person. At some point, we have to decide whether we want the Spirit to transform us, to work in us, or not. And most of the time, that want to looks like surrender. Giving up control of our lives, letting the Spirit fill us. Surrender sounds like a bad word to us. You know, surrender's a negative word most of the time in our language. But when we read the Scriptures and we talk about surrendering to Christ... Surrender is not bondage. Surrender is freedom. Paul says, after he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, he says, against such things, there's no law. You got freedom. You don't have to worry about rules and regulations. You're just free. The law has restrictions. There are no restrictions on the fruit of the Spirit. Why would you want to hold back anything of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? We want want to give everything. We want to go as far as we can go. No restraints. Because God has no restraints with us. There's freedom. Freedom to just love. Freedom to just care about people. Freedom to, to live. Freedom to know joy. Paul writes to the Corinthians, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's what God wants to do in each of our lives, in our relationships, in the way that we interact with one another, 
And sometimes we get so wrapped up in what we're trying to accomplish, so wrapped up in, in, in even doing great things for God, we forget that it's really about how we treat each other. Relationships. Some of you heard me mention uh, Pete Gregg's book, The Red Moon Rising. And it's, it's a book about the 24-7 prayer movement. It was really a catalyst for us to develop these prayer vigils that we've done for five years. And it, it's an awesome book. If you, haven't, if you get a chance to read it, I would encourage you to do so. And it tells this amazing story of how God led them into this 24-7 prayer movement. And right at the end of the book, he, Pete says he's sitting in a coffee shop one day with a guy who's 25 years old. And he's an entrepreneur. He's already started five successful businesses. At 25 years of age. He's just got the touch. And, and he, had become to, he had known this guy. And he, so they were having coffee. And he said to him, I need you to help us get a little better organized without being an organization. You know, we're not looking for so much structure that it stifles what God wants to do. But we need a little bit of it. And so the guy said, all right. He said, so tell me, in five years, where do you see yourselves? And Pete said, well, I guess I'd have to say that in five years, I would hope that all of us who are part of this movement working with this would still be friends. And we'd still be dreaming about what God might want to do through us. And I said, well, okay, that's great. But, but what about your goals? What about your plans? What about your, you know, what about what, what looks like success for you as you think about this organization coming together? And Pete said, well, I guess I'd have to say that it would be that after five years, we'd all be friends. And we'd all still be dreaming about what God might want to do in us. And it took the guy a little, bit, a little while to hear what he was saying. And finally, he began to smile and he said, I think I'd like to be a part of an organization like that. I read that. I thought to myself, that's the fruit of the Spirit. As important as all of the things are that we do, and as necessary as they are, ultimately it comes down to relationships. If the Spirit is truly at work in us, it will change, it will transform our relationships. And when our relationships are being transformed, it changes all of the other things that we are accomplishing for God. And it puts them in the perspective that we see in the scriptures, in the life of Christ, in the history of the church. And so as we come to this table this morning, we're coming out of gratitude for all that God has done for us in Christ. For his desire and his passion to fill us with the Spirit so that we might bear the fruit of the Spirit. And we're also coming acknowledging our yearning for the Spirit in our lives, in our relationships, in all that we are, and in all that we do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings to us, your grace upon us, for all the ways in which you express your kindness, your goodness, your mercy. And we ask, Father, that your spirit would be present in this moment.
pour out your grace upon the bread and the cup. We pray that it would be food for our souls and that as we receive, we will do so with thanks, with gratitude, and with the yearning stirring up in our hearts for more and more of your spirit that we might bear witness to the Spirit's fruit. We ask this through Christ. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven, and then he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And on the same night, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven and gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for your sins and the sins of all people. Every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. As you're released by rose, come to the front, tear off a piece of bread, dip it into the cup and eat it. You can return to your seat by the outside aisles. Please feel free to stay in the altar rail and pray if you would like. We all, I always like to mention that we practice open communion at the Wesleyan Church. might be the first time you've worshipped here. But if you come today with your heart, your spirit, open to God, you come in gratitude and with a, a yearning in your heart for the spirit to work in you and to bear his fruit in you, then come, receive these gifts from our gracious, loving, heavenly Father. Behold the Lamb who bears our sins away, slain for us. And we remember the promise made that all who come in faith find forgiveness at the cross. So we share in this prayer.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.